0: Beyond and hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Beyond IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we have so many lies to talk about this week. <laughs> it's going to be quite a hot week of lies, and it's not just a hot week because my fire alarm went off and caused us to delay the show. Uh, I am joined this week. My name is Jonathan Dorbusch, your host for this episode. I'm joined by Max Scoville. Hey! Lucy O'Brien. Hi! And Brian Altano.
1: Howdy doody. How are you?
0: Good to hear from all of you guys. Thank How you for. Do you do? Uh...
1: I don't know why I went with that.
0: Thomas, do you know I that should... we
1: were we were yeah. recording NVC in the IGN studio a couple years ago, and the fire alarm went off. Like, in the middle of the episode, I think it was a live show, too. It might wasn't have even the, been, like...
2: Wasn't that the day when Zelda came out or something? Yeah, it
1: was, like, some big thing, and we're oh. in the middle of talking. And the the fire alarm at IGN is so loud, I'm surprised I can't hear it from here. Like, if like a, a guy, like, smoked a cigarette behind the building today. Um, and there's, there's a part in the video where you can see me just go... Like, it is freeze and stare at the camera... <laughs> And I think the same exact thing happened yesterday. We we sat down to record and your your building fire alarm went off. Yeah, but it, it, was was
0: like like, it was like seconds before. Just when we were about yeah. to
1: yeah.
2: record. Yeah. Yep. Was it was it a fire?
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't a fire. They told us it was a faulty alarm, but this is the second alarm that's gone off since the shelter in place has been in effect. So my guess is we live really close to um, The medical college, so I'm guessing it's just kids who have never used a kitchen before, and are just burning their food. Everyone's being
3: really creative with cooking at the moment, and like we're hearing a lot of fire alarms go off as well.
0: Yeah, people are uh...
3: experimenting
1: i only lived in the dorms in my college in new york city for uh one semester then i got an apartment um but there was a there's like a top floor cooking area and they only had like electric electric stovetops there and on thanksgiving some dude got really drunk and he put just a whole frozen turkey up there and then went downstairs (laughs) (laughs) he burned down the entire like cooking area and there they didn't let us cook up there anymore Uh, so be safe out there kids Look, exactly. Maybe, uh, literally look up literally any recipe, just <laughs> any of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, while you're at home uh baking bread or figuring out your pantry pastas, whatever you're doing, yes, I've been watching a lot of Bon Appetit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully this episode of Podcast Beyond can help you along. We're going to be talking about a bunch of news stories that actually broke in the time between when that fire alarm went off and when we're recording but uh, first things I do want to mention. At first, yes, I'm aware my audio has not been great for the last couple of weeks. Thank you to everyone who's mentioned it. I'm. Sat- Hopefully, it's better in these uh, <laughs> next couple of weeks. Um, I've been doing your it audio so, actually. Sure. Your audio hiccuped while you were explaining. Yeah, <laughs> like it really did. It properly. It
3: probably cracked oh my- out just as you were explaining that your audio oh my was my now God. better. Your audio just well,
0: like. I'm recording a backup. So hopefully I, oh yeah, people I should can probably hear. do that
1: too. I forgot to do that. I might do know. that too. I'll start set it right. in now.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we are going to be talking not just about audio <laughs> problems, but a lot of news as well. Um, I do want to also mention though, hopefully you can hear me telling you this. If you uh-huh. haven't seen us post about it, go to store.IGN.com because you can now buy an elderly Irish woman shirt. It's
1: Woo! very it's a beautiful shirt too. It's a great design. It's a yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, design. It's, and if, it's,
2: if it's the kind of thing that you feel awkward about wearing out into the public in uh, in the world, don't worry because you shouldn't do that. And exactly.
1: yeah,
0: exactly.
3: And if um, you do uh, buy one, please, please, please uh, take a photo of you wearing it and tweet it at me uh, because it will give me immense gratification. That's yes. true, and, you, um, and we
1: need that right now.
0: We, we do. We, we need a do.
3: we need a small shining light. <laughs> In fact, when Justin Davis, who is the mastermind behind the IGN store, uh, messaged me about that, he did say, this is a small light in the dark times, so. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, we're super happy with it. If you haven't seen it again, store.ign.com to check it out and buy it if you would like. If you do like it, please buy it. We would like to make more shirts for this show uh, based on inside jokes and everything. But obviously we want to make sure those shirts can sell well. So if this shirt does well, That means we can make a lot more, so if you're interested in buying it, obviously I know not everyone can right now, so if you can in the future, please consider uh, picking one up, but uh, please do, and send us photos of you wearing it, uh, because we'll hopefully be wearing it on the show in the weeks to come, but we have a lot in the world of actual PlayStation to discuss, including some maybe not news about Ghost of Tsushima. So we do actually have a lot of PlayStation-related news to talk about this week. Unfortunately, it's mostly about news that isn't true. Uh, The first one that I want to pull up is there was recently from Official PlayStation Magazine UK posted a preview and interview related to Ghost of Tsushima, uh, still set to come out on June 26th for the PS4, saying essentially offering new gameplay details, new information about how waypoints would work, some other information about... uh, how side characters may change based on your story decisions and your gameplay decisions. Uh, The day following that, OPM UK tweeted out, we have been made aware of inaccuracies in our cover story and more recent article for Ghost of Tsushima. The two articles were based on an interview conducted in 2018, as well as publicly available official blog posts and trailers. Both features were created without any new involvement from Sucker Punch and Sony. We regret any confusion caused so we thought we had a lot of new information about ghost of tsushima we don't uh-huh. it seems what we can gather <clears throat> of course we reached out to sony for more information they haven't commented on it though but from what we can gather essentially they uh opm called together information from old ghost of tsushima interviews and demos and things and because all of that information is upwards of two years old it may not be accurate to how the game is in development right now of course we don't know how the game is in development right now because we haven't seen much yet. But unfortunately, if you had seen some of that information, which we wrote up, it's not true.
3: Dorno, so, I have so, a question. Was it positioned by OPM UK as being an exclusive, like, like an exclusive thing or whatever? Because I, you know, I'm really curious as to how this momentum was built, as to people thinking yeah. that it was an exclusive, like interview with Sucker Punch, like new gameplay details, blah, 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 because I saw a lot of people thinking that it was that.
0: Yeah, so that, that's the confusing part here, is essentially on their new cover, which was mostly focused on Godfall, the PS5 upcoming console exclusive, it also was like new details about Ghost of Tsushima, our interview right. with Sucker Punch. That's not the exact language, but essentially it implied this was a new exclusive bit of information that they worked with Sony to work on. And, you know, given the official in their title, you would assume that was true.
2: So, the official part, (laughs) just to clarify, official doesn't mean official, I guess?
3: I don't think so. I I can give some insight on that, because I used to work for uh, PSM3. I was the editor for PSM3 Australia, which was the unofficial PlayStation magazine. So essentially, official PlayStation magazine and official official Xbox magazine are sort of sanctioned as official by Microsoft and Sony. Same with Nintendo. Um, I don't know if any of these magazines still exist. Uh, And yeah, they were unofficial magazines. So, you know, if something is an exclusive in one of the official mags, at least back in the day, um, suffice to say, you can trust that as being legit.
1: That's... Yeah. Kind of confusing, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's also, it's the timing on this is really weird because I think everybody's pretty starved for new information on in this game. And uh, like, I'm not trying to dunk on another outlet or anything like that, but it seems a little strange to cobble together a, a sort of like, you know, like kitchen sink dinners worth of like leftovers that were, you know, old things that they may have reported on a long time ago, some of which was maybe rumors or hearsay, and then uh, put it together as some packaged new piece to put it in front of the public and then have to retract it. Like with things like that, I think a lot of people, this this story gained a lot of traction. A lot of people read the story uh, or read summarizations of the story and thus probably are going into this game with different expectations than they should possibly have right now. And now it's on, it sort of has to be on the developers now to to publicly clean that up and that's kind of unfortunate you know
0: yeah it's it's really unfair to soccer punch i think for me is like how i've settled on it as a journalist as someone who writes about games every day it is very annoying that someone would do this and pass that off because we do content that is here's everything we know so far but we position it that way but i think like what i'm coming away with at the end of it is man sucker punch probably is just so excited to show this game and i will say like full disclosure andrew goldfarb my former boss and our former co-worker does work at sucker punch now um but they're probably just really excited to show this game off you know we're a couple months away from its launch as far as we know they really haven't shown too many trailers this is a like really big question mark but an exciting one that i think ps4 players just want to see more of and so it's unfair to them to have to like prove against a story that wasn't part of their make
3: yeah absolutely
0: Um, To move on from that, though, in terms of other weird things that aren't true, on the day we're recording this Wednesday of this week, you may have seen suddenly a bunch of PS4 exclusives being listed for PC on Amazon France, including Bloodborne, Days Gone, uh, Persona 5 Royal... Those are not true either. Uh, We reached out to Sony, a representative for Sony, on the first-party exclusive side of the games, and then Atlas for Persona 5 Royal confirmed to us that those listings are inaccurate and the companies have nothing to announce on PC ports at the time. So whether or not these games eventually make it to PC, these listings are not indicating that. They are not, like, announced plans of things that are imminent. Um, This seems to be Amazon French. I guess jumping the gun, putting some pages up. I don't know what their decision making was, um, but right now, Horizon Zero Dawn is the only officially confirmed PS4 exclusive that I can think of coming to I PC. Mean, we sort of and do Death that. we? And like, Death Stranding. Thank you. Yeah, right,
2: yeah. right. We we do that thing where we like. We'll sort of write articles in advance, which is not super uncommon where it's like, oh, let's maybe have a, like if there's a certain, if there's a celebrity who's really old and it seems likely that that person might pass away, let's maybe have this on hand in case they do pass away. And then it's not a last minute scramble to get this thing ready. Did they do something like that? Maybe where they were like, huh, it looks like Sony's starting to port stuff to PC. Maybe we should have these on hand just in case so we can flip a switch and have it there.
0: It very much might be. That's a thing that we see in like for a little bit of, uh, behind-the-scenes, inside baseball stuff, we usually don't report on those things because they happen so frequently with online listings. Um, but normally, they're not for named games. Like, we we see this happen a lot with Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Um, this has happened a lot with GameStop and Best Buy and Amazon. Like, almost all of them have been culprits when it comes to listing a Nintendo game that's either not announced or is rumored or just, just totally out of the blue or they just list new Nintendo game. And so... A lot of those times, they may be actually linked to you know an Nintendo Direct that's upcoming, but just as many times, if not more, they're just placeholders that they're putting there mm-hmm. yeah. because they expect. I mean, to eventually... And often
3: with placeholder prices as well, um, you know, a, a lot of the times I've seen people freak out because when I worked at EB Games, because there was a placeholder price that was like ridiculously expensive, but they just—it's just there to be in the system.
1: Right. I mean, it's I a like to that... We're gonna say.
2: I was going to say with like release dates where it's like oh it's coming yeah. out December 31st 2020 holy crap it's got and it's like no that just means sometime this year probably.
1: I feel like on slow news weeks we should just dedicate a chunk of the show every week to just the lies and hubris that people have <laughs> invented and like
3: it, it it,
1: it's it's kind of ridiculous that, that so much of that happened this week like what yeah. is is this is this like the same thing with, that happens in like an election year where like like your uncle gets well, tricked in. on Facebook a lot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in an election year for consoles, right? So it's, it's, yeah. there, people just are like, are Nintendo and Xbox fans making up rumors about Play, PlayStation exclusives going to PC and Ghost of Tsushima having different features than we imagined and Uncharted 5 starring a Golden Retriever or whatever.
3: <laughs> I mean, what is interesting, though, about Sony's response to this, you know, just on the flip side, um, is, you know, the response was to IGN, the listings are not accurate. Uh, we have made no announcements to bring these games to PC, which I think is, mm. is interesting wording because it gives them uh, a loophole. Should I mean, you know, Fine. If these games come to PC, that's 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 great. they are old games, but um, you know, like it, it 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 does give them room to actually make that announcement without say, you know, without having said no, they're definitely not ever going to be that's, made. Like they that's are not like some, in exactly. development.
2: That's like some Obi Wan Kenobi lying, where you're like, <laughs> "What I said was true. We had no no plans no. to announce these things. Yeah, but we had plans from a certain in point 20, of
1: view." <laughs> <laughs> it's also like the, the Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance thing. <laughs> like yeah. It, yeah. it, it kind of feels like they didn't They didn't say no, but they wouldn't say no, because they could, but they but, haven't.
0: <laughs> but they might. <laughs> like, exactly. they yeah, it's, it, it is a weird sort of situation to be in. I, I totally agree with you, Lucy. I do think they're leaving the door open because I don't think horizon as the first party only announced thing um from the first party studios Death stranding of course being a little bit of a different case but also coming i don't think sony wants to prevent other games from being announced for pc i just don't think now is the time they have any of these plans and i don't think the amazon listings are indicative of what their plans are it is probably someone working there who as max said was making placeholder pages just in case um speaking of placeholder pages you can make a case for though in case you like to uh prep ahead long in the future surprise surprise gta 6 is in development uh, What or a new gta i know what? hold your horses what? but um kotaku posted a report earlier today as we're recording and an anonymous source um corroborated to ign that rockstar is of course working on the next grand theft auto as its next major project Um, As the Kotaku report notes, and the Kotaku report does take a larger look at Rockstar, which I want to get into in a second, but essentially they say it's early in development, so this is not something where I think you can expect, you know, we see GTA 6 announced rumors every other day pretty much at this point, I don't think you should expect a GTA reveal in a month. I I think this is definitely something that is further down the line, but it is no surprise that that is what they're going to next.
1: I would like a GTA 6 reveal in a month. I think we could use some good news that right now. That would be nice.
3: I mean, I would even, uh, you know, we were getting so frustrated like when they release like one screenshot and everyone, go- everyone goes wild about that single screenshot. But at this point, I take it. I oh, would yeah. take that screenshot. I would, <laughs> <laughs> like, I want, I, I, want a weird more. Thing. I want, I want, I am all down for drip feeds about this game because it is very exciting
1: me too you can show me a license plate or like a shark's fin a rock i will take a shoe like yeah. sidewalk <laughs> literally anything that that's just like oh this is some sort of visual identity of what this this finished product will eventually look like one day the thing i love about them is that like they they don't really have a and correct me audience if i'm wrong here they don't really have a, a deep history of like bullshotting, you know of like basically showing you something and then uh, jerking the wheel and then making like shipping something that looks way worse. Like I feel like every GTA Red Dead screenshot we saw when the game came out, we we're like, oh, that's yeah, no, that's how that game looked. Like, I
2: mean, they'll definitely do like dramatic like in you know in-engine things <laughs> where it's like in camera mode and it's like really polished, but no, it's all it's all like what it looks like for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: The, the reason I worry, or I say be wary about until we actually see a reveal, I do think we'll get that drip feed, but just not anytime soon, um, because the Kotaku report is largely about how crunch has changed Rockstar and how they have tried to improve things since the big crunch discussion around Red Dead 2. And one of the things they said, they are essentially trying to figure out what production is going to look like on this next game. Um, to help, you know, deal with crunch as an ongoing issue. And some of the things they're considering is changing the tech pipelines to make production easier and to not have to have people working overtime so much, but also to release a moderately sized game, which, uh, according to the report would still be a large game, especially by rockstar standards, but that they then expand with regular updates over time to help mitigate stress and crunch. Um, That may not definitely be the plan, but we could be potentially seeing something that is still large, but maybe not orders of magnitude larger than Red Dead 2 or GTA 5 so that they can update it over time. I I really like that.
3: I'm totally fine with that. And I I really like the idea of... um, Because, you know, I I loved Red Dead 2. I loved it with all my heart. Um, It was my game of the year whenever that year was because time has no meaning anymore. Um, But like, I really like the idea of you know it was still it was it was almost ridiculously huge you know what i mean like it was so large that i i i sort of i didn't appreciate it every inch of it right i really mm-hmm. like the idea of getting a, a moderately sized game that i can play to its you know like that i can with a universe that i can explore to its full extent and then get more content later once i've appreciated it in its full glory
2: yeah i mean i'd be i'd be down to see like how they did like gta 4 and then the liberty city stories and i know that's like blasphemy because people are like oh you want to get nickel and dimed and have have them parse out the game in different episodic installments but like i mean yeah my whole thing with with red dead was it felt like it was so big it was overwhelming and if it had been a little bit smaller i probably would have powered through it and then been like okay give me more but like i in the end i wound up just being like no i'm I'm, i got my fill i kind of
1: we also we never got story dlc for gta 5. And I would have taken a slightly smaller world at that game's launch for us to like a year, year and a half later, get like a 10-hour bite-sized new God, area, absolutely. new section. You know, that would yeah, have been really and cool. It, and...
0: we, we've seen them do that with GTA Online to a different degree, of course, proven they can continually support a game and be very successful at it. And so yeah. this doesn't seem like that far of a change from probably how they're operating that right now. And I would totally too.
2: it would also yeah. be interesting if they did like i mean let's say maybe they port gta 5 to next gen but instead of it being like the full campaign it's i mean maybe it's the full campaign plus a little extra bonus story dlc but it's like a discount price because you've already sort of they've already made this three times you know yeah uh, i mean i'm just i'm just hypothesizing here but like i feel like they're they're so close to like flipping the switch with gta online and making it free to play just because it's so many people have it already and they're making money from repeat customers basically it's free on game pass already. So like, you know, it's, it's not like if they're like, Hey, we're re-releasing it again. I don't think like a million people are going to go out and buy it all of a sudden. Like they probably mm-hmm. will as well. But like, it just is easy to be like, Hey, we've got like a, here's a, here's a new story thing that would get enough people's ears to perk up. And then maybe they'll stick around to do online stuff.
1: Yeah. Potentially. I, uh, I wonder I wonder if, if Red Dead made them the money they wanted it to make them It Red Dead made insane money, but it didn't make GTA money. So I, I think that's, that's still their, their biggest cash cow by far. Uh, it's interesting because it's like, I don't really know what, like a, a scaled down version of GTA looks like after Red Dead. Cause to me, everything only gets bigger and bigger, you know, and like, even like a bigger version of GTA five, um, is just I, I just can't even fathom that because there's there were so many details in that game i would say that it's like you could you could potentially rein in some of the sort of superflu- superfluous features that we saw in red dead such as like shrinking horse testicles you know like if they if they're working on like a thing where like like, tre- Trevor's dick gets smaller when he goes in cold water. Like, you can scrap that and oh, let a guy oh, go. Oh, okay. I was fast. in the, the
0: pool! No, 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 no,
3: no, no, no. This is, this is the thing. Like, if you've been to any Rockstar press event, you know that the shrinking testicles are what they pride themselves on. <laughs> <laughs> rockstar <laughs> is all about those little details, and that is what differentiates them from other developers. I
1: know. I know, you're right, but you're right. But, I mean, you know what they should some- do? What?
2: They should, they should take, they should take Red Dead 2, that big old sprawling, beautiful, expansive nature, and they should turn it into suburbia and then have Bully 2 set there.
0: Yeah. They should just
2: bulldoze it and fill it with tract housing that all looks the same. Basically do all the worst things that happened in suburbs anyway and be like, oh, let's put a mall here. That's an easy, lazy thing to do. Let's put like the same house 800 times. And then let's have BMX bikes instead of horses, and let's have these boys going around with slingshots, causing a ruckus, getting in some antics. It would be great. I want. I don't. I just want a new game to talk about. Good God.
0: Yeah, I, I would actually, happily take that as well. But, I would really. I would really sorry, like but... a.
1: No, I was gonna say I would really like a like an open world Rockstar game that's like PG thirteen. Like, actually, I I really like um what is it Simpsons Hit and Run and Lego yeah. City Undercover. Those those are like PG games um where you can you can cause ruckus and antics and 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 uh, tomfoolery and such but you don't have to shoot anybody that's it i'm all about the shooting and the
3: sex and the drugs (laughs) (laughs) i love all that
2: i want i I would really love to see more more triple a companies like rise to the challenge of making an all ages game and i realize that's like such a mom thing to say but like i don't know like you look at like last of us too it's like all right you you can make like a compelling human story where people get like throat slits and there's disembowelings and horrible things but like okay can you like like yeah like an oscar-winning live action movie like the you know children of men can make me cry but so can ratatouille let's see you do a ratatouille <laughs> with a crash bandicoot
0: yeah i mean, you going yeah. to say jonathan i was going to say that i always hope that despite the success obviously of spider-man i hope that has not let Ratchet and Clank die. Like, that 2016 remake was so good and I think set them up for doing such a great, family-friendly, all-agent uh, experience, and I do hope we see more of that. In- I'm actually
1: Spider-Man. surprised they haven't done that with Fortnite yet. I mean, they have the assets, they have the engine. Like, just, it's essentially an open-world game that shrinks anyway. Um, yeah. Just make make one that shuts the timers off and has, like, some story beats to it and get that... Rockstar money.
0: Mm.
1: They're already getting that rockstar money, but get more of that rockstar (laughs) money. (laughs) They
0: they they had saved the world and then they put out Fortnite Battle Royale and they you know. But um yeah, it will be very what they do on the scope side of things. I would love a a bully too as well. I think I would be okay with them keeping the scope that they already have made with Red Dead 2 and GTA 5, but just filling it with more dense detail and then expanding over time.
1: Also, put Chinatown Wars on Switch. Just do that. Just drag and drop and make everybody happy. Yeah. Still yeah. not out there. Perfect. Work Work more.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple more news pieces I do want to get through before we talk about what we're playing and before my dog yells at me with his barks. Um, I did want to mention, as of right now with the, the show as we're recording – if you own a PS4, regardless of whether you have PlayStation Plus or not, you can get a few free games during this sort of stay-at-home initiative. Uh, Sony announced that they're currently letting people download for free the Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection, so Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, as well as Journey for PS4 from that game company. That's awesome.
1: That is yeah, like one it, of it, just one of my favorite things that any company has done through all of this. Uh, that is such a phenomenal collection of games. If you haven't played them for some odd reason, especially journey, like, you know, uncharted sold millions of copies. Journey is obviously a, a, a big hit and a, an indie darling, but it's like a three hour game. And if you haven't played that game for whatever reason, because you didn't want to spend 10 bucks on it, uh, please play through that. Now it, yeah. it is beautiful.
2: I think there's probably a, a good selection of, of the uncharted audience that hasn't messed with journey and a good selection of the journey audience that hasn't messed with uncharted, but they're both, you know, phenomenal games or games game series in different ways. So it's like, get in there, give it a shot Mm -hmm. free.
0: Yeah, they're both um, very different, but very exciting uh, opportunities for free games. You don't need to be a PS plus member. So if you aren't subscribed to that, obviously there are free games every month for that, but these are just for everyone. They're available to download and you do get to keep them from starting from April 15th and you can download them through May 5th, but then they are yours to keep for forever, which is great. Um, this was also announced as part of a larger initiative that Sony will be also setting up a $10 million uh, earmarked fund to support indie devs who are you know, partners with PlayStation. So more details are going to be coming out about this, so including how to participate, all of that sort of thing. So if you are a developer listening, uh, they'll have more information soon. But right now they're saying we've put aside $10 million, we will help indie devs during obviously a very strange time. Uh, as they're making their games and yeah as uh, Lucy just said this is another great move I'm really happy they're doing this Um, it, it feels like one of those things indies were so important to the launch of the PS4 And we sort of saw them go away over the course of the PS4 in terms of their importance to Sony as a brand. And I feel like at least in the last maybe six months or so, um, they did recently hire uh, Greg Rice, I believe, from Double Fine um, and made some other moves. It feels like Sony is putting an emphasis again on indies, which I really appreciate. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida's job change uh, that was announced recently is focused on indie and partnership developments as well. So I'm really happy that they're making these moves together.
1: Yeah, I totally so agree. Um, uh, I was going to say that uh, it seems like they kind of subdued that entire movement for a couple of years because of rising costs. And I think there it seemed like a bunch of games that probably started with a small mid-tier budget um, spiraled out of control a little bit. Um, and they, they really started focusing on AAA stuff, and that paid off, obviously, because they've had a phenomenal lineup this generation uh that said like i don't really care about how powerful a system is because a significant portion of my play time with it will inevitably be like quirky stupid platformers and puzzle games alongside the massive open world games and shooters and you know third person action games and stuff like that so i'm really happy to see them sort of like tilt this focus back to getting a, a, a little bit of of everything on there and not just the big games. The big games like invariably always get delayed and everything too. And uh I always look at indie games as like awesome things to kind of hold you over between the you know gigantic God of Wars and Mm -hmm. uh Last of Us's
2: also like if if we're getting weird new features with the with the PS5, like haptic feedback rumble or like a pulse sensor or whatever the hell it is actually supposed to do, a create button, I feel like indie devs are the perfect people to really like get weird with that, you know? Like yeah. You know, implementing incredibly strange new features with a massive triple A budget isn't necessarily the best way to, you know, experiment, but getting smaller weirdos to get strange with it is good.
3: There was a um a game that came out specifically for the Kinect right at the end of the Kinect's life cycle, which was just so devastating. I ended up reviewing it. It was called Fru. I forget who it was by. If you remember, please shout out. Um and it was just exactly that it was like an indie team that just made incredible creative use of this of this piece of technology that was otherwise pretty much like maligned and i'd love to see people like indie devs experiment with these features like right from the get go because i felt so bad for that team you know at the very end of the life cycle so it'd be awesome to see more people jump on these new features and create new ways to play
0: mm mm-hmm yeah uh it was developed by a company called through games lucy and i cannot find what they've done since i don't know about oh. that but obviously yeah unfortunately but obviously a fun like can help devs who are maybe in the middle of production or just finish production and are trying to figure out what they're going to do next this will hopefully hopefully be really helpful in setting up what comes to the ps and that to totally. me, is very exciting and a great move to show that you know, Sony obviously is like the market leader. I think we've seen a little bit of they feel up apart from things because Microsoft and Nintendo have put so much of their messaging apart of like the entire industry. We're part of all the movements and all of these things. I'm glad that Sony is dipping back into sort of uh, movement. The other bit of information I want to discuss this week is uh, a rumor that broke over the weekend. Uh, there was a little bit of it that we've discussed earlier on the show, largely that uh, Resident Evil 8... Is likely coming next year, according to these rumors, but Video Games Chronicle reported that apparently a Resident Evil 4 remake is properly in the works, uh, aiming for woo, a, couple, a couple years from now, uh, an estimated release window in 2022, according to Video Games Chronicle. Development is being led by the Osaka based M2, a new studio founded by the former Platinum Games head Tatsuya Minami. Uh, which has been prepping for the project since 2018. And they apparently contributed to RE3 development. So have some experience with remakes. But uh, yeah, I wanted to bring this up because obviously we have some RE4 fans on the panel and we've talked about what Capcom should do next. How do you all feel about this being the next remake, if it's true?
1: So to get two things out of the way one yes I love code Veronica I am sad that they're skipping right over that it's a great game it's super weird I think it paved the way for a lot of the cool stuff they've done after including the stuff they're doing now uh and two I know Resident Evil 4 is a perfect game and it doesn't need a remake got those out of the way I am so excited for this I cannot wait for this I hope this is a real thing I hope it comes together uh I love code Veronica I hope they get to that eventually too I understand that you know Resident Evil 4 it's uh it's For some people, it hasn't aged well because it's got that sort of like stop and pop mechanics to it. Um, And for other people like me, I I can play through it once or twice a year and it still holds up incredibly. That game memorized front to back. I am like giddy with the idea of playing through that game with the sort of graphical fidelity that we got with Resident Evil 2 and 3, um, just with probably full player movement, I know that would fundamentally change a lot of things, but there are some wonderfully, disgustingly grotesque bosses in that game, and I want to see how great they could look now. Um, the, some like, of the best
3: bosses of, of all the Resident Evils are in Resident Evil 4. Like, yeah. by a mile, you, could, you could fill a list of the best bosses of Resident Evil across the whole series, and the bulk of it will be Resident Evil 4.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also the Mercenaries, which uh, was started in RE4 and kicks so much ass. It's, I, I mm-hmm. probably spent like 100 hours playing that game. Um, the thing about Resident Evil 4 is that mechanically, at the time, it was one of the best-feeling best, best third-person action games ever made. Um, it was also like a 15-20 hour game for people playing through on their first time. So it's, it's sort of unheard of, uh, especially considering you look at Resident Evil 3, that's a five-hour game which has a ton of content cut from... Its original iteration. And so, like, I do hope that they find a way um to keep the sort of strength and duration of that game. Um, the game kind of falls apart in the third act, but I still think that that's part of the whole thing there. It's part of the whole story. So they could truncate that part, but i I do hope we don't get like a a Cliff Notes version of Resident Evil four. Um,
3: I, I mean, I totally agree. and I, I think in this instance, you know, with two and three we saw we saw it, those games very much remixed. Like, uh, they weren't kind of one-to-one faithful. I think Resident Evil 4 could definitely do with a more faithful remaster um, in terms of like the, the, the very, very similar beats across the, the whole way through. Um, I want to see it in the RE engine because you're right, Altano, like just playing through 2 and 3 in that engine has just been just the most incredible experience. Um, but I kind of want to see it a more, because it's a much more modern game as well. It, it totally discarded all the old trappings of um you know two and three survival horror and recreated it um and uh you know sort of came up with a whole new formula in the process that was revolutionary for video games period um so i don't think it needs that remix i think that i want to see a more or less very faithful recreation just in a brand new engine
2: Mm, i i completely disagree i think that um like RE2 and 3, obviously, they do have, like, kind of dated mechanics that needed updating. And whereas RE4, like, feels mostly the same, it still is almost, it's almost jarring how, like, familiar it is while still being, like, kind of dated. Um, right. But I, I feel like I called this a couple a couple weeks ago, where just being like, it feels like 2 and 3 are kind of testing the waters, because those are smaller games for being like, okay, what does a full-scale, uh, next-gen, massive overhaul of RE4 look like? Like, is this their, is this their big FF7 remake? That they're doing? Like, is this them taking the most beloved entry in the series or the one that's sort of the the big the one that everyone adores and giving it like a fresh coat of paint and going in and tweaking things and really trying to sort of you know recapture what made that first one so good, but doing it in a way that is sort of new and exciting for people who didn't play it or for people who are, you know, hardcore fans?
3: Okay, I like all right. No, I like that idea. I do like the idea that idea. I just do want, I I I really want to make sure that the idiosyncrasies of Resident Evil 4. Are intact and I'm sure like we, we are seeing you know amazing remakes these days with Resident Evil with Final Fantasy um, that do capture the, the the essence of what made those original games so good um part of what I just really want from the the, the remake of four is that those weird aspects of it are still there you know what I mean yeah. like what are you, what are you buying like stuff like that is like you can't remove that from the game it is so inherently tied
2: to Hearing that hearing that there's day. an ex platinum dev involved with this is like incredibly good to hear because they're really good at finding that balance between like, you know, v- basically like live action anime and incredibly weirdness. You know, like badass have- and yeah. campy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like Bayonetta turns her hair into a whip and fights a missile or whatever. Like it's just her yeah. shoes are guns. Like that kind of absurdity is, um, you know, obviously like it's it's you know going to be different people working on it, but. I feel like so much groundwork has been laid with two and three Um, and four is like four is really kind of like, that's sort of their, their chocolate and peanut butter. Like that's their, that is equal parts action and horror. And those are sort of two things that are tried and true. Whereas I feel like getting, getting people who are more akin to like action games into survival horror is kind of an uphill battle. But if you're like, Hey, here's like, here's the one that's like a little bit of everything for everybody, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I want yeah, to see what they uh, I want to see what they do with it structurally. Like I really hope that they kind of take that the way that game is is laid out and it would be it would be fascinating if they made it from being you know a series of sort of hallways and and set pieces into making it that island feel like a real proper, like a proper location.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I think um, I mean, I, I always thought the village felt like a proper location um the yeah, way it's I mean, interconnected. So. It, it's also uh, that game does a really smart thing where it um it makes you backtrack without making you backtrack like it funnels you back into certain sections but now it's nighttime and pitchforks and torches are out um and you'll revisit areas that feel a little bit different uh because there's slightly different conditions or you cross back over a bridge that you thought was normal the last time and now there's wolves with tentacles popping out of their necks like there's a lot of really cool stuff like that in that game that i think pads out the length of it in a way that doesn't feel cheap uh and so I, I do want that to maintain. I, I I don't know how I would feel about breaking the game into multiple parts. Ultimately, I would buy it and not care. Oh, I <laughs> but... definitely don't
2: want that. I do not want that one bit. I'm not saying that as far as it being like an FF7 thing. I, just I mean, mean,
1: when I when I bought the game on GameCube, it was on two discs. And that's there was a very hard stop at the end of disc one when you you beat a boss, and then it said, please insert this too. And that, you know, imagine if that was a year
0: apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it probably depends on what the scope of what they're trying to do is. And also the intention, because I'm, I'm not at the end. But and again, I haven't played the original. But from what I can tell of the FF7 remake, as much as it is remaking that original game, it also feels like it is intentionally trying to create a different experience and a new experience. And so them splitting it up seems tied at least somewhat to those story changes. Whereas if they were just splitting RE4 up because that's how the discs were split up originally and it's functionally the same game, I could see that being a lot more of a issue for players.
1: Yeah. Um, This, this RE4 is a weird one too, because it actually has, there's a bunch of, there's like a prototype version of this game that doesn't, it doesn't look anything like the final version we got where Leon's going through essentially a haunted house and fighting a poltergeist with like a phantom poltergeist thing with a hook. Um, And so like, not only is there a 20 hour game to pick from, but there's also, you know, a bunch of like cut content and that would be interesting to explore and sort of like a a side missions. There's also the uh, Ada Wong uh, file uh, sub sub game. Like there's so much, there's just so much there. And so I would like to see it all under one roof. Uh, in one package, but if they have to break it up, I'm I'm okay with that too. I really just want to see with that chainsaw man. You know? Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> want to see El, that I want to see that at those locations in that engine. Yeah. And El yeah. Gigante. Yeah. It's uh, the it
0: is. It's gonna be yeah. a hell of a reveal trailer. Whatever whatever they end up showing.
1: You guys are making me want to replay this game like right now.
0: Right. I re- I did
1: that like six months ago. I'll do it again. I don't care. <laughs>
0: And I, I, should I play? Here's here's the thing, because I never played FF7 before playing the remake. Should I play before we jump into what we're playing? Should I play RE4 before yes. a possible yes. remake? Yes. 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 Yeah. So, yes. You the, th- the, th-
1: the thing that holds people back from that game is that you cannot run and shoot at the same time. And it will take your modern brain a few minutes to break around that and go, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense until you realize that the entire game is designed around that mechanic. And so that's the thing I am worried about, uh, sort of slipping away in the in in a remake because they absolutely will not ship a game in 2021 or whatever.
0: No, no way.
1: Where you have to stop to shoot, they just won't. But that's how that game plays. Uh, it's all about it's all about sort of like, uh, you know, maximizing your bullets and items and shooting an enemy in the knee, running up, suplexing them, sniping them while they're down. Like you can basically kill most of the enemies in that game with one or two bullets if you're smart about it. Um, Whereas, like, most people don't play modern third-person action games like that, right? So... I, want this,
2: I want this game with the sensibilities of Bloodborne. Like, Bloodborne already borrowed enough from RE4, but I, like, I would love to see, like, how do you reinvent that? Like, in the same way that FF7 was a turn-based, you know, party RPG, and now it's, like, a beat-em-up where you switch between people. Like, I want to see them kind of do that weird, like, all right, let's 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 break this, but in a really creative, interesting way. Right. Like, yeah. What is maybe you know maybe the suplexing is now your like a parrying type of thing like maybe that's your super move like I I, I don't know there's something there
0: yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential for what they could do especially given beloved nature but I'm very excited to see once this is a real
1: and yet you should absolutely on. play it
0: Definitely <laughs> so really play it yeah. <laughs> I I absolutely will after I finish uh, the other old game that I'm playing that's remade uh, and I do want to jump into what we're playing. So let's talk about uh, everything that we've been playing. Lucy, I do want to start with you, because it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah. Um, well, obviously,
3: so. I reviewed RE3, um, which I really, really loved, but that's a little old now. Um, I have been playing Final Fantasy seven Remake. That is my current game. Um, I am absolutely adoring it. Uh, again, I am just shocked at how good this remake is, just like I was shocked with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Like, I just feel... It's the it's the most wonderful mix of nostalgia, and like modern sensibilities in in gaming. Um, it's like a lot of people I've seen a lot of people playing it who have never played the the original like cringe at the dialogue. And yeah, I get like the the, the dialogue is kind of cringy. It, I mean, not kind of. It is it is very cringy at times. But um, I play, I play Kingdom
0: Hearts. Yeah,
3: the nostalgia the nostalgia effect on me is just. I am just mainlining it it is so 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 good I've teared like I've teared up multiple times just from the soundtrack alone um the soundtrack, so, yes yeah, yeah. it is I, I'm absolutely loving it I I'm trying to not play it all at once so I you know burn out and then it's over um I'm trying to limit and and playing like like little drips but um yeah I, I think I'm up to about like chapter 10 now and just I'm okay. all in
0: Awesome, yeah. We'll stay spoiler-free as we're talking about the game still. Obviously, people are jumping in and playing, right? So we won't spoil anything, but we'll talk about it in spoiler detail later on. Uh, I'm very much, I'm, I think, three chapters away from the end and feeling the same way save the nostalgia no nostalgia for it but absolutely loving it. it's so ridiculously good looking like this and, so the RE2 and the re3 and the re engine it, it like you know i can't wait to see what next gen consoles can show us because these games look amazing like, the thing I
2: that I, the thing i love about that is like if these games hadn't existed in the 90s with the completely bonkers sensibilities of like old video games they wouldn't be getting remade. Like they wouldn't they would be have something much more like fine-tuned and much more, but the fact that we are getting these like incredible, gorgeous, triple A, like top of the line, just practically photorealistic recreations of some of the yeah. most like bonkers batshit nonsense you could possibly see on a screen is just like yeah. it's it's perfect.
3: It yeah. just makes me it, so happy. It makes me so happy because these games, you're so right Max, these games were just profoundly, fundamentally weird. And I just like I can't believe that I'm sitting here in twenty twenty in my living room playing them like that and with with all their crazy weirdness intact. you know, I just I love it. We're so lucky.
1: I mean, we had we had in the same couple of weeks, we also had Doom and Animal Crossing, which essentially have the their their DNA of of ancient games from decades ago as well, uh, adhering to all of their weirdness and uh, at, at times grotesque horror. And so, like, it's been pretty fascinating to see the video game industry sort of become this cyclical, but also celebrate itself in a way that doesn't feel a- annualized or monotonous. I mean, these are these are absolute triumphs of games that uh, don't really bring a ton of new stuff to the table. But are absolutely stunning borderline next gen masterpieces that probably mm-hmm. justify my argument that maybe we just don't need a PS5 just yet. And mm-hmm. if this is a bad year, maybe we can push it a few months. I hate to keep nope. beating that drum, but like it's hard to play games like this and then be like, Ah, get rid of this. You People know, talk about it. like the,
2: the sort of nostalgia being rose tinted glasses. I feel like this is like, yeah, but what if those rose tinted glasses also had like four K HDR? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's like it's it's such a god it's it's such like a bizarre thing to be like closing off this console generation with like revisiting games from 20 years ago but given this like just insane amounts of money and time and effort and and talent thrown at them to make them like all right let's let's make them look how you remember them
0: yeah yeah it's pretty phenomenal seeing this as the wrap up and brian i totally agree with you my only caveat would be i wish my ps4 didn't sound like a jet engine while playing them that's the one thing i would take from a new gen (laughs) um i worry every time i'm playing ff7 that my console will die and i'll never finish it but um max i know you've been playing ff7 as well as below a little bit right
2: yeah i jumped into below that's the um the cappy games uh procedurally generated very sparse roguelike that it came out it was in the works forever i remember doing like interviews at like i want to say like pax prime 2012 or something and it was originally on xbox one exclusively uh and it's it's like a really it's kind of a weird like survival roguelike where you you keep going further and further into these caverns and they just put out a new version on ps4 which adds this sort of i think it's called like explore
1: mode yeah Um, Yeah, that's exactly it i'm I'm playing it too yeah what do you make of it um it's not grabbing me honestly to be completely blunt uh i was hoping i would like it more i think it's beautiful like there are entire sections of that game that are utterly stunning and i think it's just like a bit too obtuse and minimalist for me like and i know like i'm all about stuff like bloodborne which is just like has a bunch of utter nonsense in it that you basically have to like talk around on the playground to figure out um but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pushing forward because it's it's beautiful and um the music is phenomenal and i i i want to see i want to see where it goes but i i wish i loved the first few hours a little bit more
2: yeah i've i've desperately wanted to love this game and all the various iterations i've checked out but i feel like when it the the sort of way the landscape has changed um since it was first revealed and 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 announced like it was this kind of cool like oh hey it's sort of like the original zelda but it's like really sparse and like really, you know, there's minimal HUD and it doesn't tell you everything. And it's very like, and then we got like Breath of the Wild and that, you know, that kind of, I think sensibility with, um, you know, making sort of, you know, s- smaller sparse survival games became like really common. And I, and it's, I feel like it took them, it took them too long to make sort of a more accessible mode. Not that I'm complaining about being a baby. It's just like, it's, it's very much a game where you have to, you have to do a lot of the legwork to really, to really get into it to really invest your time in it because it's you know you die and you're you have to go like your character like basically washes the shore again and you're like oh i have to go all the way back through this cave and you like you walk kind of slow it's just it's that kind of thing where you're like this could this could go a little faster and, and have the same experience i think
0: yeah it's not it's not a thing to try out for 20 minutes and see if it's right you do need to dedicate a bit to it and i'm feeling the same way but gonna stick with it as brian said um but fortunately we're unfortunately we're a little short on time so we'll wrap up there uh, and to save everyone i won't yell a memory card through spotty audio but uh thank you all so much for joining me for this episode i'm glad we could all be together again at, uh and Just thank one you quick thing, one yeah. quick thing
3: one quick thing um if you do really want an elderly irish woman t-shirt like uh, you know you, you can you don't have to be polite like i know that you know, not everyone is going to want one of these weird and joke t-shirts, but if you do really want one and you can't afford it right now because of the current disaster, uh, hit me up on Twitter and I will send one your way.
1: You're sweetheart.
0: Thank you, Lucy. You are wonderful. Um, and, Thank you to everyone who's listening. Whether you want an elderly Irish woman t-shirt or not, thank you for listening and or watching this episode. We hope it's brought you some joy this week. We hope you're safe and you're well. Uh, whatever you may be up to, hopefully staying safe at home. Uh, otherwise, Beyond is normally live Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash Beyond, and your favorite podcast services. You can find us otherwise on IGN.com, as well as Twitter. I am at jamdornbush, Lucy is at Luso O'Brien. Max is at Max Scoville. And Brian is at Agent Bizzle. Thank you so much to Red, our producer, for putting up with us for this past hour. And thank you for listening and watching. And as always, beyond.
3: Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.